Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are absolutely in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is today. Oh, here's a good one. Okay, this is from Seth Godin. He's my hero. He sends out the greatest blog posts every day. I imagine he's got a team of elves working for him because every single morning it arrives in my mailbox and it's always something interesting and pithy. It could be three sentences or five paragraphs. It always has a message. So here's the quote from Seth. And by the way, Seth is just... Just a, a wonder boy, if I can say that. He has started so many companies. He is such a, a guru in the publishing field. He started permission marketing. He's been associated with companies like Spinnaker and Yo-Yo Dine and Squidoo. And he has a blog and an alternative MBA program. And he experimented in 2012 with crowdfunding a book instead of going to a publisher. So look him up if you don't know him. G-O-D-I-N, Seth. Here's the quote. Build it and they will come only works in the movies. Social media is a build it, nurture it, engage them, and they may come and stay. There you go. So what are we talking about today? Somewhere in there, I want you to think about SEO. Yes, that's right. Search engine optimization. And our topic is marketing SEO 101. That's right. We're starting from the bottom and working our way up. Are you lost or are you found? Let me tell you a little bit more here. Okay. According to Mashable, in 2015, Google received over 100 billion searches every month. That's right, 100 billion. Try to count them. It will take you a long time, billion with a B. All I can say is wow for businesses. However, if consumers and prospects and customers and anybody who wants to get something from you, whether it's information, a product, or a service, if they can't find your business, if they can't find your products, if they can't find your services, if they can't find the about you, about you and your business on the first page of a targeted Google keyword search, you do not exist. Deal with it. How? You need to be found. It takes work. You have to research and select the right keywords for your business. Incorporate them into your website because you need to help people discover you. So what are we talking about today? We're going to share some tips on how to use SEO to reach your prospects and customers. And the key is at the right time, in the right place, with the right message. And we're going to introduce the term micro moments that matter. I like that very much. Let me tell you who my special panelists are today. We've got two of them. They have so much great information to share. First up, we'll be introducing a newcomer to Game Changer. She is Teresa Childs, founder of a company called Fabricate Studio. She'll tell us all about that. And joining her is our wonderful sponsor for this series. Uh, Teresa, I was joined by Lorraine Maurice, Senior Director, Global Indirect Channel. 
Channel Marketing, a modern marketer, Lorraine at SAP. And Lorraine, I think, is in her third season with us here on Game Changers Radio. So let's go around the table to Teresa Childs. And Teresa has sent a quote from Seneca. Seneca, I know I think it's an apple juice brand, but it's also the name of a Roman philosopher officially named Seneca the Younger, 4 BC to AD 65. He spanned a couple of different types of looking at years there. Lucius Aeneas Seneca, known simply as Seneca, Roman Stoic philosopher, statesman, dramatist, and satirist of the Silver Age of Latin literature, and he was a tutor and advisor to Emperor Nero. Very sadly enough, Teresa, I don't know if you know this, Seneca was forced to take his own life for alleged complicity in a conspiracy to assassinate Nero, even though he was probably innocent. So here is the quote. Get to it, Bonnie, already. There's no such thing as luck. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Teresa Child, so pleased to welcome you. How are you today? Oh, I'm really well. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. Well, thank you for joining us. I know you're a longtime friend of Lorraine's, and she likes to bring people on the show she knows very well who are going to get what we do. So, Teresa, we'd love to know how this quote relates to our topic. We're talking marketing SEO, Search Engine Optimization 101. So let's start at the very, very basics. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Talk to me. You know, SEO is something that doesn't happen overnight. You have to nurture it. And you have to work towards it constantly. And um, so, you know, what we're going to be talking about today is just that. How do you how do you lay a good foundation for your customers to find you? Okay. So when people say, oh, I'm so lucky, 5,000 people found my website today, that's not luck at all, is it, Teresa? That's not luck at all. That, that means you understand your customer and your You've created a website that caters to their needs so that when they're looking for you, the information that they're looking for is right there. So you have to be not only be found, but you have to be found when you're found. So I think you and I know, and we'll talk to Lorraine about this as well, very often we go to a website, and it could be a big or a small company, business organization, anything where you need something, information or a connection, a contact, a product, a service, and it's very hard to get around it, even though you found it. So it's it's even deeper than just getting found, isn't it, Teresa? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it is deeper than getting found. It's it's um, the information that you're looking for is accessible. You know, it's not buried. Um, and it's clean and easy to understand. Thank you very much, Teresa. Pleasure to know you. We'll chat with you in a few minutes about Fabricate Studios. And Lorraine is waiting patiently in the wings. Lorraine has sent us a quote from Shiv Kara, K-H-E-R-A. An Indian author of self-help books, and he's an activist. Very interesting. His politics, I'm not going to get into them, but he was uh, an independent candidate for the South Delhi constituency in India's general election. He lost, and he sued for questionable, uh, shall we say, practices in the election, and he lost that. But here's the interesting part. When Kara was in the U.S., working in the U.S., after his family's coal mine business was nationalized by the Indian government, he came to the U.S., and he was inspired by a lecture by Norman Vincent Peale, and he claims to follow Peale's motivational teachings. He wrote a book, Kira, You Can Win. Uh, He wrote a book called Living with Honor and a book Freedom is Not Free and even one called You Can Sell. Interesting, Lorraine, he has been accused of plagiarism over and over again and has had some lawsuits because he says, I use so many sources, I can't keep track of all the people whose information I borrowed. (laughs) But And we're not not promoting that at all. So Uh, we are going... Here's the quote. Not at all. Not at all, my dear. Here's I do my homework. You know that. Here's the quote from Shiv, Shiv Kara. 
your positive action combined with positive thinking results in success. So, Lorraine, welcome to your series. How are you today? And talk to me about the quote. I'm great, Bonnie, and as usual, thanks for having uh, me here today and my guest. Um, the quote is just me. It has nothing to do with him or his political motivations or his plagiarism. Um, it has to do with being an optimist and knowing that when you're a marketeer, you have to try things. And if you don't try and you don't try with a good attitude, you're not going to succeed. And when you fail, it's a learning. And I wouldn't call it failure. It just means that you need to try another tactic. And some of the things we'll talk about today, like keywords, you have to try. And some of them will work and some of them might not. So it really is about being an optimist and and getting things done and trying and doing it with a positive attitude because uh, your attitude is really what what makes things work. And that's what I liked about them. Well, I like it too, but I'm going to ask you a question, Lorraine. What if a small business, and, and I just want to clarify for our audience, think big, work small is about small to mid-sized businesses. You may be a startup. Uh, you may be what I call a person with a gleam in your eye, the next big widget or wadget or whatever you want to call it, the next something, the next best mousetrap, whatever you're going to invent, create, manufacture, produce, design, offer. We're talking to businesses on the smaller end of either size or maturity. Am I right about that, Lorraine? Just to level that set? That is correct. Okay, so let's so we- say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say whether you're an entrepreneur, you know, a small business with 10 employees, a mid-sized company with, you know, a thousand employees, um, marketing is still the same. It it changes in some respects, but there's a lot of foundational um, elements that work whether you're, like I said, an individual entrepreneur or, you know, a a 60,000 employee SAP. There you go. I think we're up to 80 or 85. I've heard even 90,000. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't keep track. I know. So my question to you, Lorraine, is uh, we often talk about design thinking on various Game Changers series. And by the way, I think we're up to 37 series and 15 right now live. Anyway, bottom line, uh, it can be frustrating. You think of, yes, you take a lesson or you hire an SEO specialist. And I'll ask Teresa the same question in a minute. And you go out there and you buy your keywords and you think about how you want to position yourself and who your potential buyer is and everything's great. And then you still don't make it to the top page of that Google search results. You still don't get there. How many times fail fast, fail often, fail forward? How many times does it take sometimes? Do we have any statistics on that, Lorraine? I don't want to press you for this, but just curious for a small business, a startup, a mid-sized business to just keep trying and say, nah, we don't have it right yet. How much do you have to try? You know, I, I don't have an answer, and I'll try to look one up while we're, ch- we're chatting, but here's what I'm going to say. It has to do with um, your revenue and, and your revenue expectations, the percentage of your marketing budget, and what your marketing plan looks like. And for most of us that are having a digital marketing plan that's driving the majority of our revenue and pipeline, um, it's, it's essential to try more than once. And it's not cheap. Um, you can do it, you know, I always call mm. it with elbow grease because marketing sometimes doesn't have a budget. And, you know, in, in a case of a small business, you, you get your, uh, you know, your kids involved, your, your, your board of directors involved, and, and you help do searches. Um, my brother, for example, who owns a small business, he will send out a note and say, hey, I've just done this. Can everybody go out and, and click like, post on the link? So I don't have the number, but what I will say is that when you're a small business, there are very creative ways to get yourself noticed, 
versus just money. Um, but I will be honest and say it does sometimes take money. Um, it sometimes takes an expert. And then, you know, uh, Google's not cheap. Um, so um, that's really my answer. But you can do it on a, on a minimal budget with what I call elbow grease and, and ingenuity. Thank you. And sometimes we call that sweat equity. And I have a great quote here from Master Yoda. Only do. There is no try. I think that's right. it. Right, Lorraine? There you go. Teresa, I'd love to get your thoughts on this just briefly. What do you, do you agree or disagree with Lorraine about it doesn't take a huge budget, but it takes work? Uh, I think I think any smaller but the mid-sized business owner has to agree with that. Um, and, and I support kind of her brother's effort on the friends and family effort. You know, I think when you're trying to especially embark on, you know, brand awareness that you really rely on your tribe to help spread the word Mm -hmm. um, before, especially before those kind of, you know, customer referrals start rolling in through engagements, natural engagements on their own. Thank you very much. I like that friends and family comment. Teresa, I have you around the table now. It's time for us to get a little personal with you. So a couple of questions. Number one, where are you calling from? Number two, what do you love to drink that powers you? And number three, tell us a little bit about your business. What is Fabricate Studios? Teresa? I'm calling from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm powered Mm -hmm. by coffee with lots of cream and sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I own Fabricate Studios. It's a it's a small business in Atlanta that um, teaches skills-based education for traditional traditional arts and crafts. So we don't we don't have any retail. We just have an education space, classroom space, and we teach um, sewing, quilting, knitting, weaving, uh, hand lettering. So any any of those traditional crafts that are skills-based, we we bring in. Master craftsman to to teach that to ho- hobbyists uh, who just want to know more. Very interesting. You and I were speaking on our uh, prep call yesterday when Lorraine introduced me to you before the show, and we were talking about the question of the lost art. So are you finding it takes a lot of work to let people know that knitting and crocheting and all those wonderful, we used to call that home economics in school, uh, that that was the category it fell under when I was going to elementary school, junior high school. It's not even called junior high. It's middle school now, I think. Um, Do you find that it's easy to reach people? Are are your customers web-based? Are they are web interested or is it word of mouth, physical word of mouth, presence, meeting people eye to eye in town and telling them about it? How does it work for you? It's a little bit of both. I think that because these aren't skills that most people have, that there has to be a web component. So our customers are looking for someone to teach them this skill and they're doing a search or they're asking um, their network on social media if they've ever taken a class somewhere, if they know anyone who can help them learn the skill. Um, and that's, that's where kind of the two sides come in. So having great SEO when people are searching and don't know who to ask, they're just asking the internet. You know, we of course want to be a result that comes up, a top result so that, so mm-hmm. that they check us out. And then we, we rely really heavily on word of mouth from previous customers when they see that question pop up on social media to say, I took a great class you know, at Fabricate Studios, and and I can tell you all about it, or here's the link. Very interesting. So would you say that are you subjected to reviews on something like Yelp? Do they use that, or is that mostly for restaurants? I don't use Yelp that much, so I'm wondering. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, And actually, Google reviews are really 
um, popular for our customers. So we find that a lot of customers, after they interact with us the first time or the second time, will leave a Google review or a Yelp review. And we know from analyzing our site traffic that um, after someone visits the website and finds the information that they want, that the next search they do is Fabricate Studios reviews. And then they, they see what other people have said about us. So reviews are a huge component in acquiring new customers for our business. Thank you. That is really cool to know. See, Lorraine, that's a lesson for small businesses, that you have to have the online component, the word of mouth, the reviews matter. It's not just where did you eat last night and did you like the waiter or the way the antipasta was served. It's for businesses like Teresa's. I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing this, Teresa. This is great information for our audience. And, Teresa, you know our audience is all over the world. So this can help people uh, understand the, what the marketing mix needs to be. And, Lorraine, thank you for introducing us to Teresa. Lorraine, where where are you today, and what are you drinking, or what, what are you dreaming about drinking? Because rumor has it you're going <laughs> sure bye-bye soon. I'm not sure it's safe to, to talk about what I'm dreaming about drinking. I am in Atlanta, Yes, it is. Georgia, yes, it is. <laughs> and we have a very sunny day. So uh, if, oh, if I'm dreaming about drinking, if, if I'll go straight there. It is, um, <laughs> it, I, I don't even know the name of it, but I had it at this event uh, last week, and it's champagne with a shot of vodka and a shot of um, tangerine juice. And it was the most spectacular cocktail I've tasted in a while. And I thought it was the tangerine juice that just gave it the kick it needed. Well, it is called in some places tangerine champagne punch. It is listed as one of the 10, uh, what did you say? You said it had champagne and vodka. 10 best vodka champagne orange juice recipes on Yumly. That's its own category, Lorraine. Uh, We have a tangerine. I think it's a tangerine mimosa. It could be a tangerine mimosa. Maybe and vodka never hurts anything, Bonnie. And adding vodka never to did. <laughs> and here we have a we have a website called drink drinksmixer.com, champagne cocktail recipes with vodka. Ah, twenty plus appetizing drink recipes. I don't know if that means you have to be over twenty to drink them, but it's all over the map here. Vodka champagne juice recipes. I don't wanna I think we could spend the whole show. Uh let's see. We have a ruby cocktail, red grape ruby grapefruit, uh, we have Grand Marnier with orange peel and champagne, vodka cranberry juice. Lorraine, you're gonna have to look it up and see what you've got here. Harvest bowl punch, um, all kinds of interesting. We're getting off track here. Lorraine, thank you for letting us dream with you. That sounds really good. I can't do vodka, but the, the you know, the orange juice and the mimosa sounds terrific to me. So, ladies, I am here in Durham, North Carolina. So we're all in the same part of the country. And I just asked Alexa, I have to say it quietly or she will talk to me from very far away in my house here, my home office. I asked her what the weather was today and she informed me it's going to be 80 Eight zero degrees, which is interesting because it's been in the low 30s the past couple of mornings. So I have my office window open and a lovely, cool, fresh air breeze is coming in. And I saw bugs all over the front door and the back window. And I see huge mosquitoes clinging to the screens of my office window. So I guess that means it's uh, come out and make your presence known time of the year. But I am drinking, uh, Teresa, they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. So I will have to admit I had a decaf 
espresso this morning, just a short shot. So it shouldn't affect me, but mostly they only let me have water. So I have cool, clear water and I have a green straw because the green is still here. We had snow several times here in Durham over the winter. This is my first eight months here. I moved here last end of last August, 2017, but everything is still green and I love that about it. So a little bit of sunny today, blue skies for sure, and a lot of greenery and my landscaper should be coming next week to help me build my garden. So there we go. So if you're just tuning in, we're having a great chat, but this is serious business. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. We're focusing today on marketing, SEO. How do you get your business discovered? How do you connect with people? How do you, I think in the words or paraphrasing Steve Jobs, how do you let them know what they need before they know they need it? And that could be even something Teresa Childs at Fabricate Studios might want to talk about. Teresa, it's possible people don't know that they really want to learn to knit and sew and do all those wonderful handcrafts until they discover you, your website, your company, your reviews on Google and on Yelp. They might have that aha moment. Teresa, just briefly, do you ever have somebody come in and say, wow, I didn't know you existed. I think I would like to learn to knit. Can you help me? Do you ever have people say that, Teresa? I think that happens all the time. Ah! (laughs) I think that happens all the time. I think that aspirationally, people enjoy the idea of having a hobby. They like to learn but don't know how because it's not a traditional business. And so when people discover that we exist, they're they're pleasantly surprised um, and excited that, you know, an opportunity exists for them to learn when they didn't have that opportunity before. Thank you very much. Good to know. So you know what, ladies, we're going to take a quick break. It's 23 after. We're going to have the pause that refreshes Lorraine. Don't go for the cocktail yet. Wait a little bit longer, and then you could go fly off to your vacation and have whatever you want. <laughs> we, we won't attempt to stop you, but we do want reports on if you get the cocktail, how it was when you made it yourself. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking today with Teresa Childs at Fabricate Studios and Lorraine Maurice at SAP. Our topic again is marketing, SEO, search engine optimization. What about those keywords? We're going to come back with some great tips and strategies. Are you lost or are you found? And we should rephrase that. Are you lost and ready to be found? Lorraine, we should have made that the title of the episode. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial here from Summary Durham, North Carolina, 80 degrees today. We'll be right back, Aaron. out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Absolutely right. We are thinking big for you, our audience around the world with small to mid-sized businesses or somebody just thinking about a business. I'm here today with Teresa Childs, the founder of Fabricate Studios and Lorraine Maurice at SAP. We're talking about marketing SEO, search engine optimization. Basically, it all boils down to where are you? Do you have an online presence? More and more people are looking for information, for inspiration. Teresa used a wonderful word, aspiration online. That's where we all look. Are you being found? Are you ready to be? Do you want to be found? Well, we're going to start with some tips and tricks here, some strategies. I'm looking at Teresa Child's note she sent me before the show. And here's, let's start at the very, very, very beginning of this topic. Teresa says the first step is understanding your customer, creating several personas of who that customer is, what they're searching for, what problem or problems they need solved. Teresa, this is great starting information. Why don't you tell us more, please? I, I think it's difficult um, to to target your message when you don't know exactly who your customer is or what it is that they're searching for. So one of the things that we do is to create personas around different customers. So, for example, um, someone might be later in life. Maybe their kids have left the nest and they have a little bit of free time and want to pursue a craft that they used to do when they were younger. So it's been a long time. They're looking for a refresher. What might that class offering look like? Or maybe it's someone who's younger and doesn't have someone to teach them how to sew. So that's a true beginner. You know, they probably want to bring their machine still in the box. You know, they might not have any knowledge around the craft other than they want to know more. So that's a second persona. Um, it might be someone who has no sewing skills at all, but their child is interested in learning. So how do you solve for that problem? What, that, what might that person be looking for? Um, and then after you've created a couple of different scenarios of who your customer might be, then you want to make sure that you've crafted some sort of offering um, around around what they're probably looking for. And if they're looking for something different, how do you solve for that on the fly? What might that look like? Um, so in our case, someone might be looking, you know, for a class as a refresher. But maybe when they read about that class, they say, well, I have some of these skills and not others. I'm going to reach out and ask a question. What do I do? You know, I, I want to make sure I'm getting the most for my time and money, but I know some of this. We might offer them a private lesson. We might say, you know, you could join us for this, you know, these this portion of the class. So thinking about your customer and what your answers are going to be to the questions that haven't been asked yet is, is a critical step in kind of like level setting your business for, for now, the internet. 
Teresa, I want to ask you, do you help, does it help when you create these personas to speak to the customers or the prospects or anybody who just contacts you or walks in the door? Hey, what are your problems? What do you want? What can we do for you? How would you like to use our services? How often would you come to our studio? So do you ask them and get real input or is this, it's all just what you think or what you observe from afar? How much do you use that real person feedback to craft those personas? When we first started out, we, we crafted those personas based on ourselves and, and input from friends and family. But as the business grows, one of the things we do when we open up the class is sort of a roundtable. You know, we introduce ourselves. We, tell, uh, we say, what do we do when we're not sewing? You know, so to, mm-hmm. to learn a little about, about each other. And then we ask them what their goals are for not just the class, but in general, learning the skill. And so based on those answers, that helps you craft the next engagement. So if someone says, well, I really want to, you know, learn to sew home deck items, drapes, duvets. Well, in class, as you're, as you're teaching them beginner level skills, you can reference back to what their goals are. You can say, this is going to be an important skill when you learn to do duvets because you'll need to have mitered the corners, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a way to create a longer-term engagement by understanding the goals of that customer um, when, they, when they first kind of introduce themselves to you. Very interesting. I'm so intrigued with what you're saying. I, I have something to say, but I'm going to hold it. Surprised. <laughs> Lorraine, why don't you chime in? Some really good information from Teresa. Lorraine, agree, disagree? You want to add some flavor to that? Well, it's hard to disagree because Teresa's truly who our audience is. I mean, she's living their life as, as a small business and, and creating market and market share and, and trying to be found and, and continuing to be found. So, so I have to agree with her. I think a few things that can be said is, one, you have to have a starting point. And, you know, we talked in a, a previous session about having a board of directors for your business and, and a small business that board could be, you know, a family member, you know, your neighbor, uh, somebody you trust. Well, it's the same thing for marketing, especially in a small business. Um, hence, the reason Teresa and I know each other. Who can you bounce ideas off of? Um, how can you have a discussion? And there are many sites, even on Facebook. I think Teresa and I both belong to a marketing site on Facebook of, of small businesses where you ask questions and talk. So from the point of finding your audience and then tailoring it as you move along, I think it's critical. Um, uh, internet moves at the speed of light, so you have to constantly monitor your search, uh, your, your, your search engines. You have to constantly monitor your keywords. But more importantly, you have to constantly monitor how your customers react because at the end of the day, it's all about your customers. And the more you know about them, the more successful you'll be. And I am never... Uh, with a customer that I do not ask them a question and a question that's going to help me be better at communicating them and reaching them. And it could be a time of day. It could be um, a keyword, like do they relate better to knitting versus crafting in the case of Teresa? So those are simple things that you can do um, in your own community. And then as you grow, or if you're a bigger company, um, those are things that you can do with research and focus groups. 
Absolutely fascinating. My sidebar story, Teresa, I think you'll appreciate this, is a couple of years ago I decided that in my spare time, and Lorraine knows that's a joke, because uh, I, I work very very long hours, sometimes six or seven days a week, as many of us do in this, this online economy. Um, Teresa, I wanted to start quilting. I don't know why. I found a website that had beautiful kits with the most dreamy, gorgeous quilts. I wanted to buy one, but I of the sewing machines I own, nothing was, was preparing me for quilting. So I spent two months researching the proper digital sewing machine online and I bought it and it was a very pretty machine and it was absolutely horrible. I had nobody to talk to about it. I didn't have the space for quilting. I really wasn't set up. I dabbled at it for a couple of weeks. I put the machine in the box. I didn't even return it. It's the most difficult machine to use I've ever owned and I've owned sewing machines since I was since I started sewing in sixth grade and it was just if I had had a place to go Teresa, like your studio, and have been able to talk to you about crafts and about getting advice from other people, I would have been in the door at your company. But I didn't feel that there was any place in my community on Long Island where I could just walk in and say, can you help me? Teresa, any thoughts on that about what would my persona have been in your marketing? How would you describe me as that potential customer who would want to do business and be part of your tribe, your community? I think we have a lot of customers that are in a similar situation because the Internet offers a lot of opportunity to learn remotely. Um, but depending on how your learning style is, you, that's not necessarily a good fit. I'm a person that needs to learn hands-on in person. So mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of customers that come to us that say, I've got all the tools that I think I need and I've, I've tried this, but I'm kind of stuck. So um, what does that look like? And that might be, hey, bring your machine, let's do a private lesson, we'll see if we can't get you started, or it sounds like this isn't really complicated, why don't you come to our free open studio night, and one of our instructors will be here and see if we can't, you know, do a little troubleshooting on the fly and get you on your way. Um, But, so in your case, I think there would have been a couple of options, but I, I do think a lot of people in general are looking for that local community, regardless of what, you know, their service offering is. People like to do business with someone local. Absolutely. And the encouragement and, and being able to, and, and the funny thing is, Teresa, I kept getting requests for reviews of the product on Amazon. I should have returned it. It, it, it. I couldn't even thread the damn thing. I couldn't regulate the tension. I've been sewing since I was 10 years old. I know how to use, I still own a 1945 Singer sewing machine and one of those, you know, it's in the console and, and you, you open the lid and it pops up out of the bottom. Oh, yeah. I still own one. I've worn, worn out Sears brand, uh, all steel sewing machines. I sewed so much and so hard. I've worn them out and had to, had to throw them out. I couldn't even sell them or give them away. And it was just terribly frustrating, not only to my ego, but to the whole concept of what I wanted to do, that the machine was stopping me from even enjoying sewing a little something on a pillowcase, for goodness sake. I really could have used someone to talk to. So thank you for that feedback. Uh, Lorraine, I want to move on a little bit to you. Let's get down to the, the bottom line here on SEO. You say SEO, search engine optimization. A strategy is vital to being a successful small to mid-sized business. And I'm going to add a quote you sent me here in your notes, Lorraine, from Johan. Wolfgang von Goethe, who has been recently quoted on many of our shows, and the quote is, there was nothing so terrible as activity without insight. So let's continue to dive into SEO insights before you pick those keywords. Lorraine, what would you like to add? Um, So first, I just want to go back to something that you and Teresa talked about that I think is is fundamental, and that is people like to do business with people they trust. 
And, you know, SEO, digital and social, there's a way to do that before you get to the local community. And that's through testimonials and insights. Um, I'll go back to Yelp, for example. Um, Many of us will look up a restaurant and look at the reviews and the comments before we choose to eat there. That's the same thing with your business. The more um, people talk about you and the more that creates a word of mouth in a social and digital, the Mm -hmm. more it helps you in the local community. So I think the local touch is critical, but you can use digital and social to get you there. So I just uh, wanted to say that they're they're very connected. And in terms of research and the quote, um, we have a joke in my family. If somebody asks a question, we go Google it, you know, before anybody answers, Mm -hmm. because everything can be found today somewhere online. And if you can at least get the, the flavor of what you're looking for, then your questions become much more detailed to get to the point. And that's really the same with your business, um, researching what makes sense for you, um, what makes sense for your customers and understanding, you know, what they need and what they want. Do you have the right, you know, um, you know, are you in the right demographic, for example? Are you, you addressing the right market? You know, you and Teresa talked about what you would need and how you would find her. Um, it goes down to things like, you, you know, are you um, talking their language? You know, uh, you may say something different to Teresa, who's just past a millennial, than you would to you and I, and the words will make a difference. So when it comes to insights, it's critical that you start there and you truly learn who your audience is, and your audience may have different, different facets. And then you also take that and, and you go back to the different ways that you reach them. Um, you know, all the kids online, you're talking about how to learn. My niece watches videos and her makeup is impeccable. I spend hours at Sephora. I, I just can't uh, do it from online. So you have to understand, again, your demographic and your audience. And the only way to do that is to know your business, to know your customers, and then to, to gain insights on how they buy, how they learn. And then what, going back to my first point, how do you become their trusted advisor? And the trusted advisor starts by them seeing you as an expert, seeing you that you have authenticity in what you're sharing with them. And that all that comes from your clientele um, saying good things about you. Lorraine, very, very intriguing. And as you're speaking, I'm looking at your notes here and I want to bring in something else because I think it's a great segue from what you just said. And then I'll ask Teresa for her feedback. You say, forget the algorithms and follow consumer behavior. Look for trends. And you just mentioned this. You'll notice that consumers are drawn to short videos and images. Steer away from bulky text. Very telling. Lorraine, can you just make a comment on that, on, on short videos and images for small businesses? Nobody reads anymore. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I will tell you that that the reason we love these podcasts or webcasts is because people like to listen and like to be told. They want the summary. They want the highlights. And then when you you, you pique their interest, they'll dive deep. So video is just tremendous. I mean, uh, we're recommending to all of our partners who are small businesses that they incorporate video, um, not only about how-to videos, but even to share this authenticity and their business, um, you know, messaging to their audience. Because, again, it, it is a fast world, and everything is instantaneous, especially with the millennial market. Um, nobody waits for anything. They want it at their fingertips. And videos, um, short content, um, we call it snackable content, um, is the way to reach them. And 
and podcasts are and video are truly two of the highlighted marketing activities that we recommend right now. Thank you very much. I would love to get Teresa's input on this. Teresa, agree or disagree with anything or everything Lorraine said? Go ahead. I, I agree with everything that Lorraine said. I think that people are drawn to imagery versus text in general. Um, and I think people like to see things in progress versus a lot of stock photography. So if you're a small mm. business, it, how can you monetize the engagements that are already happening so that they work for you? In our case, if we're taking photos during class or a picture of a finished product with the person who made it, I think that's very tangible. And then future customers can make a connection with what they're seeing in that picture in a different way than if we just had a, a listing that said, come learn how to sew and we'll teach you you know, how to, how to thread a machine. We'll teach you how to sew a straight line. We'll teach you how to backtack. They know that they need those things in order to be successful, but seeing someone hold a finished product after, you know, taking four lessons, you know, I think is more impactful than, than just telling them that they will have a finished product. Um, I, I, I'd struggle with how to encourage someone to do that until they really know their customer but mm-hmm. I'm sure that it's applicable for all businesses. They just have to understand what that end user is looking for. Thank you very much. Let, let's take this even another step further. Lorraine, I'm going to go back to some notes from you. You say mobile-first content. How important is it to have everything mobile? Because we know, well, I have a couple of devices here. I get my messages on my iPhone at the same time as my big iMac, at the same time as my iPad. So anywhere I am carrying any device, I will get text messages from people with whom I am messaging. So I'm available, unfortunately, 24-7. Lorraine, for business mobile first, how important is it to have a website that's mobile friendly, to have videos that are mobile friendly? What does that mean today? Oh, I don't have the percentage um, in front of me, but it's like, you know, 2.8 billion people around the world have smartphones as, as a fixture in their hands. Don't quote me on that number, but it's huge. And most of us, especially, you know, besides the kids that have them, most of us in business are continually using those to get, I think you said the words earlier, moments that matter. And Mm -hmm. so when a consumer is looking to to place a good, uh, you know, place an order or find a good, it has to happen quickly. And even in business, they they want to find it instantaneously. Again, it's that that same instant gratification. So having, um, you know, being mobile and uh, having it optimized is is critical. Um, you know, one of the things that I think you should, in terms of research, I, I think you could even look into, like, how to do a, a digital assessment, you know, a, a marketing, a checklist. And part of that checklist to be a good marketer has to do with being mo- mobile mobile ready. It has to do, again, it starts with the things we've talked about, about target markets and a communication strategy and knowing your audience. And then it goes back to, you know, making sure that your website is easy to navigate and that you are optimized um, and that the consistency in your message um, is on everything that your, your customer will see. So if you're using the word I'm picking a word out of the air, but if you use the word crafting on your website, mm-hmm. but in your 
keyword, you don't use that, there's a disconnect. Or if you okay. use the word crafting again on your website, but you write a blog about, you know, classes, but don't turn the word crafting and you haven't optimized. So there's a lot of optimization opportunities, but the most critical to start with is truly being able to find anything on a smartphone and be mobile. Thank you. And by the way, Statista, S-T-A-T-I-S-T-A dot com, says the number of smartphone users in the world is forecast to grow from, and this looks back, $2.1 billion in 2016 to $2.5 billion in 2019. Does that uh, satisfy our, our statistics there, Lorraine? It does. It does. Okay. I think what that a team. might be light, to be honest. I think it might I be light. I think so, too. I think so. What a team we make. Teresa, let's talk about that. Uh, Lorraine brought up an interesting thought about using the word crafting. How fastidious do you have to be in how you pick your keywords and in terms of consistency? So a word pops up and you say, ah, that would be part of the persona of, let's say, 40% of the people we anticipate will walk in the door in 2018 into Fabricate Studios. So the word exactly crafting versus craft crafts, crafted, crafty, anything like that, you have to use that word crafting. How fastidious do you have to be? Teresa? In our, in our case, I think you have to be really fastidious. Um, crafting is a blanket term that we use because we teach a number of skills underneath a broad umbrella. So th- that's not almost internal language or like larger brand language, but when people are searching for us online, that's not a phrase that they use. So the SEO on our website, on our product pages, is much more granular to the skill that someone's looking to learn. For example, if someone says that they're, they want to learn how to sew or sewing classes in Atlanta, none of those phrases involve the word craft or crafting or crafted. So Interesting. Yeah, go ahead. my business is broadly talking about a category of craft, my product pages have to be incredibly specific with the keywords around the exact skills that are being learned with a particular craft, sewing or knitting or quilting. Very interesting. How hard, how much time does it take for you to do all of this, Teresa? Do you have a team you work with? Do you hire consultants? Do you sit there and look through and pour through? Whereas you look in competitive businesses and say, aha, they're using this word, maybe we should. How do you do it? We don't. Well, in the beginning, you do it all yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think that's the way to do it, to really understand your audience. Um, so, until, so the last five years, it's more or less just been me. And I do reach out and get some consultant-level advice for AdWords or SEO help. Um, but it, we're kind of at the point where I've just recently engaged someone to help us take our AdWords to the next level. And so what that really means is when you're doing it yourself, you should be looking at it pretty consistently and making tweaks based on what you know, because no one knows your customer the way you do, especially not an Mm -hmm. agency or a consultant. Um, And so I'll offer an interesting anecdote. So we've been talking here about sewing. And so to a consultant or to an agency, they might say, well, we've looked up all these you know, keywords, we've done research, we understand demand for this category, and so we're going to craft from scratch an AdWords account to help people find you when they want to learn how to sew. They do that. They type in learn how to sew, sewing classes, beginner sewing classes, intro to sewing classes, um, you know, in-person sewing classes. So all of these keywords that 
that they understand that someone locally might be searching for in order to find our business. But what that person might not understand because they haven't taken the phone calls or received emails is that sometimes people might reach out to you because they want you to do alterations. We don't, we don't do alterations. We're not, uh-huh. we're not seamstresses in that way. We're teaching classes. Or they might not realize that in our demographic, um, that African-Americans who get hair sewn weaves, that some of those keywords might be the same. And we aren't teaching you how to sew in hair. So that would be a negative keyword associated with similar keywords around learning to sew. This is fascinating. This is absolutely fascinating. It, it sounds like it takes up a lot of time. I, w- I want to dive a little bit deeper on what we've been talking about with you, Teresa, and then have Lorraine chime in. I'm looking again at your notes, and you say when you're concerned about staying healthy, you get an annual checkup. You should be taking similar steps for your business's health, and then you recommend Bright Local, SEO Report Card, or HubSpot's website grader will all run a free report on your website's usability based on the report you get. You can tackle areas that need improvement. So what will it, will it look at your keywords? Will it look at consistency? Will it look at how often certain words you, what, what do you actually get in the report, Teresa? So in, in, these are just three examples of reports that exist on the web. There are others. But I think it's a first step to making sure that you understand the way the internet, the algorithms, the crawlers are viewing the content that's on your website. And are you able, are you able to be found? And if so, you know, what are you doing well? And if you're not, what's wrong? So these different report cards will help you understand some of the things they're looking for. So for example, on Bright Local, that's really a great um, auditing tool to help you understand all of the different places where a business could be registered as a local business on the internet. And that websites like Google or others when are kind of crawling all of these different databases to say, are you a real business? Are you registered in all of the many places you can be? And so that might be Google, having being registered on Google as a physical location, mm-hmm. having a Yelp business that showcases your physical location, you know, a yellow page listing, um, a Manta listing. So there are all of these different websites that track local physical businesses. And when you register on those sites, in aggregate, they help the they help the internet legitimize your, your business. Um, SEO report card, it's, it's doing a similar thing. It's saying, okay, do you have um, all a hundred of the same phrases on your website? You should, you should not do that. You should try and bury those. We found, you know, this particular phrase used verbatim six times. You want to, you want to work on burying that. Um, and You can use these free tools without engaging in a paid subscription service. So when you get those reports back and it says, you know, there's a little red check box that says, oh, you you didn't do a good job in these areas, then on your own, you can tackle those one by one. It's not hard. It just takes time. Teresa, thank you very much. Lorraine, we're just about out of time, and I'm finding this very, very interesting. The tips and tricks and strategies are are absolutely invaluable, but we're going to have to go to our predictions round because we have about four and a half minutes left to the show. So, Lorraine, I'm going to ask you to incorporate your predictions for SEO, for website health, for everything we've been talking about, customer prospect personas, the variations between in-person, word of mouth, and digital being found the right way by the right people, uh, 
aspiring and inspiring your your current customers and those who may become customers? Any or all of the above, Lorraine, why don't you give us a 90-second prediction, and then I will go back to Teresa and ask for hers. So the, my first comment is use SEO to research this topic, how to do SEO, the cost of SEO, um, it, you know, the resources needed for SEO, the checklist for SEO. It's all out there. So use this as a guide to find what you need for your business and your size business and for the opportunity in front of you. And as a prediction, I'm going to go back to the review. The Internet is moving at a fast pace. One minute, um, Google is for free. The next minute, there's a cost. Um, you know, first, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, saying anything about any of these companies, but, you know, it's, you know, use Hootsuite. It's use, um, you know, Instagram. It's use Facebook. It's, again, it changes and the demographics, or I should say the dynamics and how you reach customers changes in a heartbeat. So where we used to review the the marketing plans on an annual basis, and I think we talked about that, I think the future and the future of SEO keywords, digital marketing, should be reviewed quarterly. Um, I think it needs Ah. to to always have a a checkpoint. I think you need to set key performance indicators every quarter and annually and keep going back and check because the the rate at which things move is critical. So um, that's my biggest prediction is make sure that you are following the trends that matter to your business, not the trends that are just, you know, the next best slice bread. Thank you very much, Lorraine. Teresa Childs, I saved. Uh, I have two minutes for you for predictions. Go ahead, Teresa. What do you see coming down the pike anywhere 2020, 2025 for your business, for other small businesses in terms of being found? Teresa? I think that the DIY aspect of of creating good SEO around your business will will become easier. I think that Lorraine's point that their checklists um, and that there are people detailing how you as a business owner can take advantage of low-hanging fruit and, and impact your business in a meaningful way. Um, I predict that we will see professional services for kind of like taking your business to the next level to come down even further in cost as it becomes more and more mainstream for the way that we all do business. You know, SEO has always been this thing that, to Lorraine's point, is very fast-moving and, you know, was free, is now paid. But as it becomes sort of table stakes, I think that we'll see lots of opportunities for small business owners to take advantage of more professional services in a cost-effective manner. Thank you very much. Great information. Lorraine, Teresa. Yes, dear. Go ahead. We have a little more time. I want to go back to my quote um, and change it up a little bit. Be fearless. I mean, be a fearless marketer. Be fearless. I like that. So you're saying uh, we're going back to my thought on design thinking. Uh, there was uh, Yoda. There is no try, yeah. only do. I've got that inside out. So you're saying just do it. Just give it a give it a chance. See how it works. Um, make it happen. Let it let it happen. Let the good times roll and see what sticks and what works. I can't thank the two of you enough. This is not our usual format. We really had this almost a, a lesson, a set of lessons and strategies on how to do SEO and how to be found. Lorraine, I hope you were pleased. With the content we covered, I thought it was great. Teresa was terrific. Yes, yes. Thank I'm you for having me. Pleased. 
And to have a, a Teresa on the line who is living this every day, I think is invaluable yes. to um, our audience. Completely true. So I'm going to do my regular. This is the end of our broadcast week, believe it or not. I just found out we're probably going to be starting some a couple of brand new series at the end of the year. Three more are onboarding in June, one in October, and we may be getting another series from my colleagues in Singapore. We're already doing a show called Asia Soaring with APJ Game Changers, and they want to do a series focused on Internet of Things in Asia. So that's in the works, talking about uh, making things happen, right, Lorraine? That's always what we're doing here on Game Changers. So I want to say thank you to Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Shout out to everybody he works with, Ryan Treasure and team. And I want to say thank you to Teresa Childs. Teresa, such a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for your generosity with your thoughts and your insights and all of your great information. Lorraine, hugs, what can I say? Always great to have you on your show. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Teresa Childs at Fabricate Studios, just like Lorraine Maurice at SAP, and even just like me, Bonnie D. Graham. Signing off, we'll talk to you next Tuesday with another live show here on Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.